because there's no shade. Do you think... Um... And, so it was like 7.50 for a beer or whatever, which is expected. Then after half time, they switched the beers to light beer only and up the price to 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I dare you. Progressive Rugby League. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of Progressive Rugby League. I'm fired up, and I hope you are too. Jono, welcome. Greetings, greetings to our listeners, and a special hello to my good friends, V and Big. Lovely to see you again. And Big Al's here. Big Al, hello. Uh, hello, it's great to be here. Um, feeling good. Feeling good. How's your week been, mate? Uh, it was it was it was a great week, I suppose. But it was somewhat. I'll share a story with you. It was somewhat sullied or soured by a moment that happened to me on Sunday uh, Sunday evening. Mm. So Big Al took his whole family out to Brookvale Oval to go and see the mighty West Tigers play the hapless Manly Seagulls, and it was a fantastic game. Fun was had by all, and I I, I think the um, the banter between the crowd home and away was was. Some was progressive. There's a bit of a bit of like sticking it to you, but all in all in uh, in good fun. But and that was that was fantastic. It was the trip home where things they, they took a turn. Oh. They took a turn. So and how did you get to and from the ground? May I ask? Oh. Good question. You didn't drive. No, of course I didn't drive. I took I took I took the ferry, <laughs> the Manly ferry. Please, it's the only way to get from here to get from anywhere to Manly. And what a privilege it was. A fantastic boat ride. If anybody knows Big Al, Big Al's all about the Manly ferry. So I was on the Manly ferry, sitting. At, I was at the the bow, um, you know, enjoying the wonderful sunset over the harbour, etc., etc. And this one, this lovely Canadian couple asked me to take a photo for them. Were they wearing a Toronto Wolfpack oh, jersey? Well, well, if only they were. Okay. Um, uh, this wonderful couple, uh, probably in their, they were retirees, so they were sure. above 55, I'd say, but very, very nice, with thick, thick Canadian accents. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's easily identifiable as Canadian, not American. Uh, and I was with uh, I was with my brother because Big Al's got three brothers. It's with my oldest brother, uh, who was wearing a Tigers jersey. And after we took the took the photo for them, they, they thought I'd struck struck up some conversation. And they said to my brother, "Is that an Australian football jersey?" Oh. To which it was all I could do to hold in my disgust. <laughs> I understood. Okay, these people are tourists. That's fine. They don't know. So I, has, I took a good five minutes to explain to them that in Sydney. Nobody likes Australian football, <laughs> and it's a redundant sport. They told me they'd just come from Melbourne and had a great time at the MCG. I almost vomited. <laughs> anyway, we continued. I said, oh, no, well, rugby league's actually the number one sport. You get it right. <laughs> and then... And, and, uh, you know, after they backed away and called the police... <laughs> and then, um, trying to get make things friendly again, because I think they'd, I'd, I'd frightened them somewhat, I, I, I struck up a conversation about the Toronto Wolfpack. I said, you know, there's a... A professional rugby league team in in Toronto, and he said, and he's like, "Oh no, I think you mean Union." Oh, and I said, "Oh, oh dear me, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean rugby league." <laughs> and he said, "No, no, I think it's rugby union. We play rugby union in Canada." Oh <sighs> no! I almost pushed him over the side. It was with red, was raging. Veins are popping out of your head as we speak. I can't imagine how you. And then he said, that. "Oh no, no, wait, wait, wait." 
Yes, yes, I think you're right. But they only play in the second division of the English League or something like that. He was so dismissive. Oh, only. So dismissive. Only the championship. I think that he only said that, though, because he saw your fists clench. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I politely did, uh, explained to him that, um, yes, it is the Toronto Wolfpack and they play rugby league, which is very, very popular here and in England. And being in the second division of the English Super League is, in fact, a fantastic achievement and a visionary piece of uh, global sports management and marketing, and Canada should be proud. At which point, we'd reach circular key, and he quickly <laughs> found a way to get off. But what this is, what, what's this, what, I think the point to take home is from this, rugby league is number one, but there's no... You can go to Melbourne, and you go to the... As a tourist, you want to go and see an AFL match. Mm. Yes. You yeah. come to Sydney as a tourist, no one's going to say, oh, you should take in an NRL game. They're not going to say you should take in any game, do, I suppose, in Sydney. Well, they'd say State of Origin, definitely. If you're here, you've got to yeah. see State of Origin or the Grand Final. Okay, that's a given. But going to see round round 18, South versus Canterbury, um, they're not gonna. That's not a must see for for someone who's not from I, here. I'd certainly say certainly not a book bail either. I, I took a, a friend, an overseas friend, to Henson Park, Newtown Jets. Uh, he bought a hat. No, he bought yes, a hat. Yes, but, uh, and that, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. But that's a very very different. It is. Yeah. It's a very different experience to a professional. Well, um, that's. I mean, I can see you were very taken aback by that experience. Did you just sleep much last night? No, tossing and turning. Goodness. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, anyway, so other than that, great weekend, great day out of Brookvale. <laughs> yeah, solid victory. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look. Before Al gets too worked up, we might get into our round reflections. Um, who would like to kick off? Uh, Jono? Yeah, let's give Al a break. Give me some time to come down here. <laughs> Have a glass of water. Uh, my reflection revolves around uh, what I term negative Nazism. Ooh. Yeah, or negative Nevilism or negative Nellyism. Yeah, not, not to discriminate. Yeah, you, you get my point. And that seems to be, I, I suppose, a broad theme of what we talk about every week. But it came up this week as... Um, People were talking down the game, and I think the NRL boss, Todd Greenberg, was trying to talk it up, and I, which is his right and his job, of course. And it got me thinking about the fact that negative Nazism is really a, a virus infecting the game. I know we speak about penalty goals being a, a virus, but negative Nazism is, is also an off-field virus. And the way I see things is that there's two types of negative Nazis, and I just want to educate the audience about um, negative Nazis in general. The first is the type of negative, negative Nazism that comes naturally. And we're all susceptible to that. You know, you might be stuck in traffic. You go, oh, the traffic is horrible. <laughs> it's the worst traffic in the world. Or your train might be late. It's like, oh, these trains are always late. You know, it comes naturally yeah. and we're all susceptible. Mm-hmm. There's that type of negative Nazism. Not and, offering solutions. Exactly. <laughs> and um, so that sort of thing, I believe, we should you know, work to eliminate from ourselves if we can. But it comes naturally and it's understandable. The other one I want to bring up is there's the other type of negative Nazism, which is where people profit from being Ooh. negative Nazis. So I'm, I'm talking your shock jocks, um, your columnists in newspapers mm. who actually... Not looking at any particular <laughs> company, right? No, no, not at all. Who actually, they benefit from the outrage that they uh, you know, put out there, induce. That's right. So... I just want uh, people out there to understand that when people are trying to bring you on with their outrage, before you go along with them, first understand where it's coming from. Yeah. Will they be benefiting or profiting mm. profiting 
from uh, the outrage that you're bringing along to the party because that's the type of negative Nazism. It's the insidious type right. where they're actually... Yeah. What are the sort motives? Of, yeah, what's your real motive here? Is, is that... I mean, that's, that's part of the motivation why PRL is coming to existence as, as a resistance for that negative Nancyism, or at that's least right. to put a, um, a lens across it and... and um, well, educate. Educate, so, yeah. Is, so I'm calling it out this week and just saying, people, when you read an article or you hear someone on a dodgy talkback show trying to get you whipped up about something, just first take a step back, take, take a deep breath, and work out where they're coming from first and then decide whether you want to join the chorus yeah. uh, of negative Nazism. Look, uh, the, the slug doesn't like to generalise, but, gen- but usually you can divide it as if it's just the, a punter complaining mm. about the game, it's because they're looking at it and they think they can see a way to make it better. Yes. If it's a, in the news, a reporter or a journalist whose job to cover the league all the time and they're consistently... Negative. Isn't Alarm it? bells. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they've got a reason for doing that. Yeah. They want they they want people to get fired up and to read the article yep. and to carry it on further. Because it's it's very it's a very lucrative occupation being an outraged merchant or a negative Nancy. Drama um, drama gets way more attention than peace. That's yeah. right. If, yeah. Everything's fine. Cool. Yeah. yeah. These shock jocks and these columnists they get paid big bucks to get us outraged. Uh, right. So I just want to you know point it out. For the people out there, when they're reading the columns and they're listening to the radio or watching the TV, just think. That's right. Imagine extra, extra, game's fine, <laughs> no worries. I'm not buying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Big Al, your round reflection? My round reflection. Well, let me tell you. I am absolutely outraged. Oh, oh, no, I'm not really at all. But I have, a, I have some commentary on the Broncos-Warriors game, uh, which was on Saturday afternoon... Australian time, Saturday night or evening, Auckland time. And it's got to do with the strips. So there, we had two, you had strips on, obviously each team was wearing a different strip. The Auckland, or the sorry, the New Zealand Warriors strip was a retro throwback to the 95 season. I really, really liked yeah, it. I thought so, it was yeah. a really good look. I, Dash of blue. Dash of blue, like white with the, the triple stripe, like McLean's toothpaste on the sleeve. Mm. It was, it, it's a good looking strip. I like it. I'm, I'm all for it. And then out of nowhere, Brisbane are wearing this, Pajamas looking yeah. yellow thing with thin black stripes with not representative of their colours or their their like standard IP or anything. And I don't know where it came from or what it was designed for because the original strip definitely doesn't clash with that retro Warriors strip. So I just want to know, like, what the hell was that? It was, it was <laughs> excessively bright, excessively was, bright. I had to put on the shades. I had yeah. to don the shades. And I was in I was in darkness. It was a dud strip. Is it just the? Uh the Broncos designer justifying their paycheck by coming out with something new when they had nothing in the tank, creativity-wise? Uh, there are too many strips. We, we, we've spoken about this before, but it reminded me of uh, what you'd find at a suburban nightclub in Rotterdam. You know, that sort of, <laughs> Have you ever been to, to oh, that part of Europe? A suburban nightclub in Rotterdam. <laughs> yeah. Can't they, say love, they love wearing bright colours uh, <laughs> in suburban nightclubs in Rotterdam. Oh, so. right, well. You know what the Broncos should go back to? 1993, that checkered... Kind of. The diamonds, the, yeah, the diamonds, Double and yeah, diamonds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that was pretty. I reckon that made them look like a can of no-name baked beans. <laughs> the no-name diamond, black and white pattern. That's how I like my Broncos. So, so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my round reflection, just very quickly, Benji Marshall. That little double step to get past two manly players and score 
looked like some footage from 13 years ago. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> I, it, was, it was sweet. It was juicy. I was salivating. And I was at Brookville Oval, so I couldn't actually see it. <laughs> oh, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Well, let's move on to this mailbag, fellas. Um, it's the segment that's gaining heat each week. Let's burn that theme song. Questions. People have thoughts. They write into us. We try to answer them. PRL Mailbag. It's the PRL Mailbag. And we have two entries this week. Before we get on to oh, the entries, oh, absolutely, how's Jono? the feedback been for the Mailbag song? Because I was actually thinking that, I don't know, Maybe I could have a go at um, yeah, well, putting together it's, a song. It's, it's uh, probably it's, it's, it's pertinent that you raise that point because I've had feedback, anecdotal feedback, right? Oh, no. That it's pretty awful. Oh. That which is a shock to me because I love it. Oh I love wow! It. Oh, dagger so through the heart. I've heard, I've heard oh. some, I mean, social media brings out the worst in people, doesn't it? Mm. But the feedback I've been getting, you shouldn't listen people, to the negative Nancy. People, people are saying, people are saying it's no good. My, well, look, I'm well, going to sulk. Well, I think it's great, but yeah. I was just wondering, I, hey, you know, I could I have a crack one day? What, one day? Just not next no, week? No, no, yeah. have a crack now. Not not now. I mean, oh, have right. a crack for for next week, if oh, you're ready. Oh, yeah, me too. I was just clearing the <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Pick up the mailbag. We can do this for another five to ten minutes, everyone, if that's what you prefer. Um, I've got gonna, some questions about it. <laughs> I am going to have to click that and, and yes. make a theme around. <laughs> All right, sorry. Let's get. We we always end up talking about the mailbag theme for longer than the actual mailbag segment. All right, um, and I want names. Who didn't like that theme? Um, our first uh, correspondent this week was a fellow named Ashton, who got in contact via the Twitters. And he's just saying regarding the Denver test, a progressive moment of the week. Players could be banned from the NRL if they ditch the Denver test. No. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what yep. the, that's what the story was, and that's that's what the um, that was the proposition from our wonderful listener. Yeah. So he's put a link up to an article from the 12th of April in the Fairfax Media saying that the NRL is considering a one-match ban for any Kiwi or British player that misses uh, that misses the Denver test. Yeah. Right. Uh, fellas, what is up with that? So I think this is a deliciously rugby league situation where you have an international test that has not been sanctioned or approved by clubs or by the NRL that's been hastily put in by a private promoter and the New Zealand Rugby League and the English Rugby League. It's got everybody up in arms. So you've got the clubs and people that are involved with, you know, the, those involved in the in the premiership looking for grand final and round by round wins are outraged. They don't want to have to sacrifice players for this. Those on the other side are all about international football, wanting to see teams um, players have an opportunity to represent their countries, especially those that aren't eligible for Origin. Think it's a fantastic a fantastic move. And so you've got two sides where the the NRL has actually come out and said it doesn't support the test, but it's hamstrung by its representative rules in that it's a, it's an officially international rugby league sanctioned test right. therefore it counts as a representative game and therefore it has to penalize players that decide that they can't play in it so at, on one hand it doesn't want this game to go ahead on the other hand 
it's going to penalise players if they don't participate. It's beautiful. That's like, so it's, it's just the best. It's, it's... I, I think, uh, on a serious note, though, this is a, a, a test match in a new fledgling market, the US. Um, we have to prioritise international rugby league, especially it's on a representative weekend, so there's there's nothing wrong with it. Sure, it's a bit of a flight over over there, but you know who cares? They can handle it. They're professional athletes. John, I absolutely agree with you. It's a little surprising to hear you talk about markets. I know, yeah, but um, <laughs> no, absolutely right. And what a strange situation for the NRL to be in. But look, at the end of the day, we all know what our opinion is here. International Rugby League yeah. must prevail. And, and that, that is, the question was, is that, was that the progressive moment of the week? That, that is an incredibly progressive moment, and I think it's good for the NRL, even though it knows it would rather not have this test, because the planning hasn't been as good as it could have been, yeah. it's still going to stick by and say, no, well, the rules still apply, and if you suddenly are unavailable for the test, then you're also unavailable for, for your standard mm-hmm. Rugby League football, which right. I think is, yes, very progressive moment. Great question, Ashton. Yeah, thank you, Ashton. Um, and next we have... Someone called Amelia, who has written in also via the Twitters, and she asks, There has been a bit of booing this week by fans to their own teams and players. Do you think that fans booing their own teams is anti-progressive, or is it just part of the game? Well, I mean, progressive pillars, right? So I think booing, you could suggest, is a form of grassroots democracy. You know, people having their say about how their team or club is being run. So I'd say technically that's um, that is quite progressive. In saying that, we don't love negative Nazism. Mm. That's a, a point for the other side. Uh, but uh, you could say it's constructive criticism in that I am giving you some feedback. So hopefully you'll you will improve in the second half. Uh, so I would say that booing your own team in, in certain circumstances. Yeah, slightly progressive. I think you've got to let your team know when they've hit a point that a collective group of people find unacceptable. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. And I think a couple of years ago, I was firmly of the opinion that booing is is unprogressive, and that's uh, that's because I was just trying to I was trying to think in black and white definitions, and mm. that's not correct. It's booing, dangerous. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. The world is all all shades of grey, isn't it? Mm. Um, and brown. And brown, yes. All the colours of the rainbow, they're all in there. Grey and brown. <laughs> grey and brown rainbow. What a great title. Rainbow. That's a rugby league rainbow. Um, so is it unprogressive? Definitely not. I think it, it just adds to the theatre. I think as long as booing's not done with with any kind of, of hate behind it. So booing's, it, it's, you know, it's like tongue-in-cheek. kind of, of like theater. Yeah, boo, 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 you're like, you're the enemy, you're the bad guys. As long as there's no vitriol behind it, then it's it's all progressive to me. You it's were definitely at, not unprogressive. You were at that game, Al. Did you, did you sense a kind of bubbling? Like, did you sense through that first half that something was simmering that... Like, could you tell that some there was going to be some sort of the boo was on the cards? Backlash. No, no, I didn't think there was going to be a boo on the cards at all. In fact, and when the booing started, I thought at first I thought they were booing at the referees. The Manly fans are booing at the referees because their team's doing so poorly, yeah. and I was outraged. I was mm. like, "How dare you? Nobody boos a referee ever. Not in my box. Not on my watch." Uh, but it turned out they were booing the team, and I was like, "Well, you know, twenty-six nil at halftime. It's probably a jeer-worthy. It's, it's a jeer-worthy occasion." So. Yeah. And also, booing at the end of the day, it's a form of free speech, which has progressive support. So I think on the whole, Mm. on balance, I'm going, booing your own team, yeah, it's progressive. Yeah. I, I think you know if you once you set a standard though you've got to stick to it. Yeah, like you can't do them every time. Yeah, right. well, well, every no, time no, they're no. down twenty six nil. Not every time they're yeah. down. I think. Well, I think that's probably a standard you could stick to yeah. twenty six nil in a half. Exactly. How many times is that going to happen? Once every couple of years. You know, but you can't. 
can't start booing your own team if you, you, your winger tries to carry the ball back off a kick and gets pushed into touch or Agreed. something like that. Agreed. You know, we've got to, got to have some sensible standards here. Um, but another good question. Thanks, Amelia. Yeah, thank Since you. Our mailbox correspondents are just on fire. Oh, it must be the song. I don't look, know I'm loving People it. People hate the song. It can't be that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, um, they're writing in questions in the hope that we just quickly get past the song and into the questions <laughs> faster. Thank you, Amelia. And uh, everybody, stay tuned for a new theme next week. <laughs> Progressive Rugby League. All right, so I've got a question for you, fellas, uh, regarding a, a topical thing that's been happening sure. from a former NRL player, uh, Israel Folau. I'm sure everyone who listens to this is aware that Israel Folau has made some incredibly divisive and un- unprogressive comments mm. uh, on Instagram about homosexual people. A follower of Israel's asked him in a comment, what was God's plan for gay people? To which Falao replied, hell, unless they repent of their sins and turn to God. So this has obviously caused a storm of controversy over what are ostensibly homophobic comments. And the rugby unions come out publicly against them. But there's also a counter-argument out there that he should be allowed to air his views, even if they're uh, extremely unpopular, generally Mm. speaking. So... I just wanted to throw out there and ask if you've got any thoughts on it. Does a sports governing body have a right to censor what its stars and the people who are essentially their employees say in the public eye? It's a real tricky one, this. Look, uh, we all know that in progressive rugby league land, it's all about inclusivity and denigrating a minority group or any group for that matter um, is terrible let alone sending them straight to hell is a bit uh, overboard as well hell, so hell was in caps too so <laughs> but i mean on the, on the other hand of course we all know that in society in rugby league in all walks of life there are many different opinions out there and you can't just ban people from playing your game just because they have an outrageous opinion so the question i have is because i think rugby national rugby league have a policy in that they will help clubs purchase a big-name player and bring them back to the game. So the question is, should the NRL actually still be in the market and encourage Israel Folau to come back to Rugby League after he said those comments? I believe, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't top up any contract to get this big star back to the game uh, because of what he said. And in the light of what the NRL stood for in the grand final last year, yeah. standing up for gay marriage. Yeah. Uh, was, it would, it would be a big step backwards if the NRL decided that they were going to top up a club's offer to Israel Folau to try bring him back to the game. So I'm not saying that a club shouldn't um, offer him a contract you know, in the normal course of business mm. and bring him back because, let's face facts, is he wouldn't be the only one in rugby league or rugby union who has those opinions. I mean, the rugby league playing community is quite religious in some parts and there's probably a few of those who have similar comments so we, we can't ban those players and we shouldn't because we live in a society of free speech but I don't think the governing body uh, after what rugby league has stood for over the last 12 months and over the last period of time that they should get involved in bringing him back uh, as a player live to the clubs if they want to deal with that but the NRL shouldn't be involved. And we should make it clear that I think Todd Greenberg has come out and said that you know he doesn't uh, does not condone the comments at all. He's not 
Sure. Not very pleased with them and wouldn't be happy about a rugby league player saying them. So, yeah, we're not, it's not just rugby union who have come out against it. I think you're absolutely right. Is there any, is there any indication that prior to the comments that the rug, the NRL would have looked to top up a contract from a club seeking to bring him back? Well, I mean, Big Al, Big Al might correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand there is a policy that for really big players, I think it came in when rugby league was losing players to rugby, uh, but I think there's still a policy that the NRL could step in and, and entice a big-name player from another code or um, another sport. So is yeah, that I still the that, case? That, that sounds like familiar of um, Dave Smith's $150 million war chest or whatever it was. Right, right. So I, th- I, I, that, I, I haven't heard otherwise that that doesn't exist. But What's my, happened to that war chest? Well... I don't think it's been it's used. But it, has, no, it hasn't, hasn't been used, but the, the point is, the reason it hasn't been used is because it hasn't been needed to be used. And personally, I think that, yeah, Israel Folau can go and say whatever he wants. Anyone can, is welcome to air their comments. Like, if you air controversial comments, uh, you're just going to have to accept that it's going to cause controversy. Backlash. So cop it. But on the topic of should should the NRL uh, be topping up club contracts, welcome back. I, I firmly think that the, the game shouldn't be topping up shouldn't be paying money to lure anybody back. People are welcome back. Yeah, they so, should want to come back with that They money. should, no, exactly. So when Benji Marshall came back, he came back like going, oh, I realised union didn't really work out for me. Who wants to take me? It yeah. wasn't a like highest bidder thing. It was, who wants to take me? Jared Hayne, it, it, it was like, a you know, you're going to get me back because I'm the best. You've got to pay for <laughs> it. But I think if Israel wants to come back, that's great. You'll get market rate for, you know, an over-the-hill centre because that's probably what he's going to be. Um, and who's not going to be game fit either because we all know rugby union backs don't have to do anything. <laughs> and uh, and if he wants to come back, come back, um, you know, with a bit of, uh, you know, I'm going to say cap in hand, but come back with a, a, a bit of humility. Sure. Um, but I don't think the game needs to chase him down. There's plenty more players that are at the cl- much closer to their peak than he is now. What about this question? Let's ignore the Israel Folau factor. Let's say a rugby league player issued those comments yeah. on social media, what should happen to him, what would happen to him, would, would anything happen to him? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I, I guess you'd, the, the, the game would have to distance itself from that player's comments, I suppose. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that there's a policy in place where that's disallowed because, like I was saying before, you shouldn't uh, be denigrating any group, especially a minority group, uh, and that's very unprogressive. So... Um, Let's let's hope that that wouldn't happen. But if it did, I hope uh, that the player would be in trouble somewhat. Because I mean, you got to look at the other the other foot. Uh, if someone came out and said, "Oh, all religious players, I don't know, mm-hmm. have fallen for it," uh, this big global conspiracy, then they'd probably be in trouble too. So you shouldn't you shouldn't say one, you shouldn't say the other. I think if you're in that position, do you think that the NRL? not particularly, any particular sporting governing body should see every single one of the players in their sport as a marketing tool? Mm. Well, bigger. I was going to say, that's not your wheelhouse, Jono. <laughs> uh, but they should see them as a, yeah, I mean, they all have, the, I hate to say this word because I say it all the time, but they have the potential to be viewed as a marketing tool. Um, but now how many players does the NRL have on its books? There's yeah. like 35 per squad. There's a lot of players out there. So uh, I, I think it's probably oversimplifying it by enforcing, I want to say censorship, but suggestions on what can and can't be said using a marketing tool mm. um, policy. Uh, it's just it's a tough one. So you've got to make sure that you, you don't want to 
you can't make, you shouldn't be making comments that um, out that, that spit, pick out a specific minority or group of people and you know say that they're worse than other ones. But at the same time, you also are able, you should be able to say whatever the hell you want, whatever that you want to. So this is this goes far beyond rugby league, my friends. I'm pretty sure this is what's happening in the world right now. This, beyond this, our pay grades. Oh, exactly. And, and you know, obviously. This is a big issue because Israel Folau is the rugby's biggest marketing tool, right? Mm. Would the same kerfuffle have occurred? Yeah, that's right. You've got race. Yeah. I said kerfuffle have occurred if um, you know it was a fringe Waratahs player or something like that. Who? No, no, no of course not, not at all. All right. Well, I don't know if we're going to find a resolution there. It's just got to, you know, just got to. Sometimes in progressive rugby league land, we just got to throw things up to look at. And then just let them float off. Let them linger. That's right. <laughs> Let's get to some updates, guys. And you yeah. know what? I was thinking about coming up with a theme to the update section, but I'm not going to now. Oh, can no. Can I have a crack at it? Oh, what, live again? Well, <laughs> do we have to start me, slapping my knees again? Give me some backing. Yeah, go on. Give me some <laughs> Something with a bit of, a bit of like, melody to it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> This is the International Rugby League update Direct from you from Paris Oh my god Are we, <laughs> we are, You know all those listeners we were happy to, that we'd got in the last uh, week or two? We've lost them Gone <clears throat> Anyway Big out uh, Here we go So in uh, <laughs> the French Rugby League Toulouse Olympique have uh, they've come off a heavy defeat surprisingly so they were flying high I've I've been having um, I've been reporting wins I think since the beginning of this mm. of this podcast but no they've just come off a twenty four point defeat oh. uh, to the Batley Bulldogs so forty six to twenty two mm. um, so unfortunately that moves Toulouse down to third place on the championship ladder. Okay. Um, however, the French for French Canadian rugby league fans, things are a lot more, I mean, a lot, a lot better. So they've just they beat the Dewsbury Rams twenty three to twelve. And this is Toronto. This is Toronto. Yes. Yeah. Side note, I love the Dewsbury Rams. I I think if the name Dewsbury makes them sound like they should be all soft and puffy, and you should push them around re- really easily. Listening. Yeah, it's, like it's spelt D E W Dewsbury. Just just yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Not not like morning dew. Oh. Yeah. Or the religion Jew. Oh no, definitely oh, not, no, not, no. not Jews. No, I'm just letting people know in case they're oh, wondering. Wow, that's not progressive. <laughs> Edit that out, please. <laughs> um, Jewsbury Rams. So the Dewsbury Rams um, have beat, have uh, well, were defeated by the Toronto Wolfpack, 23-12. Uh, so that means Toronto Wolfpack are now outright first on the championship. Fantastic. So again, wow. the top four hasn't changed. It's Toronto. Featherstone, Toulouse, and the London Broncos. So, that's what about those uh, Catalan? They they lost forty one nil, unfortunately, on the weekend. Catalan. Um, I don't even know if it's worth including Catalan. Oh, in you the, can't in the... just leave them to rot. I, in the I, I'm on the I'm on the verge of booing them off at half time. <laughs> They're having a rough shot of it. And Greg, Greg Bird. I hope Greg Bird's listening to this because I don't know. Does he need some help from us? Well, he wasn't playing on the weekend. No, but he's he's consulting. He's a coaching consultant yeah. as well. Well, I mean, feel free to get in touch, Greg. Oh, We've yeah. got plenty of ideas how to play progressive rugby league, especially yeah. in France. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think we can dictate to Al what's included in the updates. I think you've got to just give him free reign there, Jono. Sure. Okay. Um, so uh, continuing with my international theme, I'd like to just let you all know that the uh, Rugby League Rotterdam Nines Ooh. concluded over the weekend. Rotterdam. Uh, Rotterdam, that's well, the, right. the home of the uh, nightclub. <laughs> yeah, that's right, home of the suburban nightclubs. That's where the, the, and the Broncos yellow strip, apparently. Um, so it was, run, it was uh, won by the North Brussels Gorillas. 
uh, who defeated the Eastern Rhinos in, wait for this, a golden point match that was decided with a golden try, oh, Jono. Jono's favourite, the old Jono. golden try. I fainted. But that was the first the first leg of the International Nines circuit for this year. So I think we've got okay. one in, there's one in Darwin, there's one in somewhere else I can't remember. I'm okay. going to have to update the, the, the fans afterwards. But uh, yeah. What do you think of Nines as a concept? Uh, I reckon <laughs> Nines is a dud. Nines <laughs> is a dud concept. It's like... You know, well, I mean, sevens. It's like saying, "Oh, sevens is exciting. Let's make this slightly less exciting by adding two players." Yeah, I don't understand. I, 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 I take your point. So, I think for for a rugby union game to go from fifteen players to seven players, that's a huge change. Mm. Yeah. To go from thirteen players to nine players, yeah, it's not really like it's it's not that big a change to the. Yeah. But you can't go like if we go sixes, that's just copying, right? That's well, the, right, sevens. We used to play sevens all the time. Yeah. We used to have the world sevens on a weekend. You know, we used to have. Yep. All sorts of uh, sevens competitions, and it was very exciting. Yeah, what, what, who looked at that and said, "That's that's crap." What was, Why do we? <laughs> was rugby league nines invented by the company that created the Auckland nines? Did it exist before no, the no, Auckland yeah, nines? No, it was Super League invention. Super League uh, invented oh. the nines. It was an international competition, I believe. Uh-huh. Horrible competition. Mm. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's a bit of a shame. Like rugby union have now basically own the seven space, and we've vacated yeah, it, yeah, and we've got this right. like crappy imposter imitation <laughs> of called nines which is slightly less exciting <laughs> so yeah i don't know the point. so i was watching the commonwealth games on the weekend oh, you yes. see because i was waiting to watch the tigers seagulls games i flicked over there was a gold medal match in the commonwealth games between new zealand and australia it was very exciting i thought to myself why has rugby league vacated the short form of the game and left it for rugby union because every other sport is investing in the short form rugby it's in the olympics now Mm. You've got cricket, the 2020. Even AFL's trying some crappy rectangular short-form game. AFLX. <laughs> AFLX. So, I mean, it just seems strange for rugby league just to... I know, like, they've got a nines tournament next year, which will probably be half fast again, but I just think, bring back the sevens. Let's make it exciting. Or even, like, why not sixes? Why not fives? You know, one-on-one. I've never watched a game of rugby nines. Rugby league ones. Rugby league one-on-ones. <laughs> 100-metre field. What about just forcing backs? Yes, well, what about just, like... 100 meter sprints between Leo and Ryan and the fire everywhere. Now, these days, yeah, yeah. like today. In their 40s. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I, I've never watched a game of nines. So, whenever Auckland Nines has been on, I've been updating the SMH right. <laughs> live tracker and see who's doing what. Well, is it, is it visibly less exciting than a sevens match that you might recall from yesteryear? Yeah, I think that there's more space on the sevens field for more of this. That's designed to stimulate open play and free-flowing, mm. chucking it aroundness. Mm. And I think the extra space afforded to you with having seven rather than nine gives sevens the advantage in that space. Mm. Yeah, nines, it's a little too much like the main game. Like, it's just a bit yeah, of a dark, oh, couple of hit-ups. It's, not, it's and... not too big a difference from where it started, yep. from the starting point. Fair enough. And just quickly, North Brussels, do you think they're the only team in the world to have gorillas as a mascot in rugby league land? That is, I would love to barrack for a gorillas. Oh, the look on your face, such disdain. You're about to educate me, aren't you? Oh, sir, surely you've heard of the Warilla Gorillas on the New South Wales south coast. Please. I have not. We have now. Well, the, we uh, have now. Gorilla Gorillas, which is probably, right. I think, possibly the greatest name for a club outside of the park spacemen. That's the greatest name. What about name. the Maitland Pumpkin Pickers? That was pretty good to me. That's all right. Although the um, Robertson Spuddies, that's okay as well. But Are these think... all integrated sponsorships? <laughs> <laughs> the, no? uh, park spacemen, that's what does it for me. All oh, right. 
All right. And uh, is that it for the updates, or are we still going there? No, we'll end it there. End it there for this week? All right, thank you, Al. Let's wrap this up, fellas, with our progressive rugby league moments of the week, as we like to do. Jono. My progressive rugby league moment of the week comes in the form of a trainer this week, and he is Ronnie Palmer. Ronnie. What a guy. Before the... You probably didn't see this, Big Al, because you were at the game, but on the coverage... I didn't see anything because I was at the game. <laughs> <laughs> on the coverage, they showed a shot in the dressing room, and there he was, uh, apparently had a, a box of energy that he wanted the players to run through. So he had this box of confetti, and he threw it up in the air, and the players ran through it, and it was ridiculous, it was hilarious, it was lighthearted, and it worked. So did, to Ronnie Palmer... Did that actually happen? It actually happened. To Ronnie yeah. Palmer, I say... That's unbelievable. That's, you. <laughs> that's amazing. That was, that was great, Ronnie Palmer. And what I liked the best was that uh, he didn't quite have the full attention of one player who was trying to walk past him, and he he gave that player a sol- solid shove in the chest and give him back where they needed to be to participate in the jape. So um, that's that sounds like a drama school exercise. <laughs> Straight from Nido, he got Java, that. Yeah, lick the stars off the ceiling. <laughs> he is there also their vocal warm-up coach before they play. Um, <laughs> Well, mine is that um, I'm quite enjoyed this week seeing the NRML insist, or Todd Greenberg insist, that they see a plan for how and when Matt Lodge will be paying what he is legally obliged to to the victims of his New York rampage before they'll ratify his contract upgrade. That's it. That makes sense. Yeah, that's very progressive, I think, although extremely reactive (laughs) because it's, it's, you know, off the basis of public outrage <laughs> rather which could have been there at the start of the season but um yeah that's my moment of the week um what about you al uh so i've got two and they both refer back to things we've already spoken about this episode so one is across the weekend there was a hashtag on the twitters trending hashtag talk the game up which was just all about quote ignoring the crisis merchants um or pretty much not giving in to the uh, what, was, what did you say? The, uh, negative Nancy's. The negative Nancy's. Not giving into the negative Nancy's. Talk the game up. The game is great. And I just love seeing that uh, across the social medias. And the second one is of all the um, back and forth that's been going on over the Denver tests, this is all going to result in an actual properly scheduled international test window at some point throughout the year. And it's going to create, born of this will be a process around how international tests are scheduled in conjunction with the Super League and the NRL and participating rugby league bodies and I think it's a fantastic thing we're going to see the international game brilliant it's going to grow baby and it's going to take its mantle and it's going to it's going to rival state of origin oh. and the next world cup just you just you wait and see I'm very excited to oh, hear yeah. that it's great news but on your first point though big Al, I know that was a great hashtag and all but hashtags aren't they a bit lame Hashtags, hashtag me, hashtag this, hashtag that. I've had enough. This is a famous Luddite talking, everybody. But no, look, uh, I think I think for a uh, for the CEO of the NRL to start pumping out hashtags, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, good on him. No, I mean he's doing his job in that talking up the game. Yeah, that was that was part of a that was part of a scheduled Twitter Q and A that that Todd Greenberg does. Which is every every now like and then, that. I suppose, and that was just the hashtag that he was using for it. But I like I liked the message of the whole thing was, you know what, don't listen to the people that are just profiting from creating the drama. Mm. Yeah. Make an informed uh, opinion. Talk the game up. And with that message, we might leave you. We'll ask you to also talk the game up. Make sure you're out there doing your bit. Um, and we will also promise that we won't do any more live 
theme songs. I think that's a fair thing to promise. I'm not promising. Not no, promising. I, I, I promise that. <laughs> I spoke too soon. Sorry, everyone. All right. Uh, bye, all. Have a great week. See ya. See you all in rugby league. We trust. You tried to take it away from me. It's there. <laughs>